Smiling Strange, welcome back to the Advent Calendar House. You're just in time for Garbage Day. <laughs> we are looking happily deranged back to 1996 to follow the adventures of Pete and Pete as they try to keep the spirit of the season alive for as long as possible in Oh Christmas Pete. I am pile of garbage slowly and steadily growing at my front curb, Mike Westfall. And joining me, armed with a flamethrower, I got him for Christmas to keep his room clean. It's Tommy Coombs. Hey, Tom. Hey, uh, Mike. Uh, have you finished shooting or have you hit your target yet? <laughs> we'll never know. <laughs> and it's the return of the crusher of dreams himself. Please welcome back Chad Young. Hey, Chad. Blow it out your butt, blowhole. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so we have Chad to thank for reminding me Pete and Pete had a Christmas episode. <laughs> it wasn't even on topic. You just made a passing remark and a tweet, and that's when I remembered and immediately booked you both. <laughs> so, Chad, tell me about your history watching Pete and Pete. So, I mean, I, I don't know if, if you weren't really around, you're probably not going to remember it, but Pete and Pete had... You know, before they had a full-fledged series, they had a, a series of shorts where it was just Pete, Pete. I think Ellen was in yep. a couple. Mm -hmm. I mean, I yep. know mom and dad were in it, but I mean, they were only like two minute like shorts. And, you know, they, they were, I, I think every kid really loved them, you know, when they would be on. Uh, so, I mean, when the series started, I was sold. I was like, yep. I mean, I already love the shorts. I love the characters already, and um, the fact that Big Pete uh, is a Christmas icon, yes. because he appeared around the same time in both Home Alone movies, or at mm -hmm. least the two that, you know, our generation acknowledge. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, it was just, I, I, I was a fan back then. I'm, I'm, I still watch them every once in a while. Um I actually, the day the first series on DVD came out, I bought it uh, with alongside yep. uh, Top Cat, the, anim uh, the entire Top Cat series at Best Buy. I remember that day. Um, it's weird that I can remember that. But I, I've just, I've been a fan of Pete and Pete since, you know, the shorts. Uh, I was heartbroken to find out that Snow Day was originally supposed to be a Pete and Pete movie. Yeah. Um, because honest, I don't, you want to know something? I watched, uh, Snow Day for the very first time ever this year. Oh, wow. And I really? always said, I, I didn't, I never wanted to watch it because, yeah. um, I knew it was supposed to be a Pete and Pete movie. And I, um, I, I always kind of took it as, well, maybe it's not, you know, maybe I'm not, <laughs> maybe I'm not the age that, you know. You know, maybe it's not my age group that this movie's going after, but I watched it and I loved it. I thought it was hilarious. It, it definitely was a movie that I can picture myself watching back then. But, but yeah, no, Pete and Pete is always, you know, uh, when I think of favorite Nickelodeon things ever, like that, that's that's always in the top five. I'd say. Sure, absolutely, Tom. What about you? I was a, a huge Nickelodeon fan growing up, and Pete and Pete was always a staple for me. And when it came to the, like, you know, the minute shorts during commercial breaks, like, you know, you had your Inside Out Boy, you had your Banana Man. But I think <laughs> Pete and Pete really set the mark. I will say that Pete and Pete, I believe, is one of those shows, along with You Can't Do That on Television, and Double Dare to really put Nickelodeon on the map. 
And the weird thing is, I remember so much from this show, from like, you know, the possessed bowling ball to the orange Lazarus to the king of fraud to the that's where we <laughs> stopped. Like, I remember so much from this show rewatching this episode. I don't remember, like, I almost remember nothing except for the scary garbage man and the Santa boxing ring, which is so weird. <laughs> but I watched the show religiously and I loved mm-hmm. it. I even remembered when, aside from the two minute specials, there were special half hour episodes before it became a series, such as I want to say the Halloween one. Right. Yep. How I spent my summer vacation. We recorded that off the TV and we wore that tape out. That's right. Yeah. And I remember like being like, like, why, why did, why did Mr. Tasty disappear? <laughs> That's a classic episode, by the That's way. I love so it. Good. And like, you know, it's like the prank wars and things like that. And also um, with the shorts, I believe Artie was in a few of those also. He was. And, and you know what? I'm sorry, Tommy. I just, I have to interject. One of my favorite things in all of Pete and Pete history, mm-hmm. there's a short where Artie gets in a fight with a puddle and he just yells at the puddle, <laughs> go back to the lake, fatty. And then he just punches it. And it's like, if that doesn't sum up what this show is, I, mm-hmm. I, I really don't know what, it, what else it will. Yeah. And, um, like Farewell, my little liking was probably the saddest TV moment for me as a kid, aside yeah. from uh, a, the dinosaurs finale, but we won't get into Oof. that. Uh, no. <laughs> and if Derek was here, he would not let you. He, no, you know what? He would encourage you to keep talking about it. Yeah, he would. But um, yeah, I love I love the show. I love that fact that they had like, you know, it was like today's adventure. And they're like, yes. they were villains. They were like real villains. Also, by the way, Favorite villain, uh, Endless Mike. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. I just thought he was Judd Nelson. <laughs> as a kid, I thought That's that was. That's fair. Yeah, I, I always thought he looked like Judd Nelson when yeah. I was a kid. So. Does it now? Well, uh, probably. Probably nah. not. No. Endless Mike still pops up and stuff also from time to time, and I will always know him as Endless Mike. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Because he's a real actor now. <laughs> did you guys see the little uh I think it was for Funny or Die that they did a reunion sketch with yes. they did, and yeah. Endless Mike? Mm-hmm. Uh Toby Hush showed up. Mm-hmm. That was fantastic. Uh I I rather clearly remember watching that first short. It was called What Would You Do for a Dollar? And I became an instant fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I didn't remember was how close to the end of Pete and Pete's run this Christmas episode is. It's like the third from the last of the whole series. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Which is probably, Tom, why you only remember bits and pieces of it. But I was still uh, I was still a Pete and Pete diehard right up until the very end. But before we talk about the end, let's start from the beginning by briefly going through the history, the history, the history of the adventures, adventures of Pete and Pete. Starring Pete and Pete's brother Pete, and created by Will McRobb and Chris Piscardi, the pair of Pete's surreal suburban adventures began on Nickelodeon as one to two minute interstitials between shows beginning in 1989. So yeah, officially there were three seasons of the proper half hour, regularly scheduled series starting in 93, but the universe this show created played out over eight years and we watched these kids grow. Besides 16 or 17 shorts, depending on what list you're looking at, there were also those five half-hour specials beginning in 1991 with Valentine's Day Massacre, which I might have to uh, put on the list down the pipeline. Mm -hmm. 
And finally, a regular series starting in 1993 and ending in December 1996. And that is where we find Oh Christmas Pete, near the end of the third and what would prove to be final season, which, as of this recording, has never been released on home video of any kind. But it's out there on the internet if you look. Well, well, not officially. Right. Not officially. Um, I won't mention the name. But a friend of mine actually put together a couple of years ago a great complete set. And uh, I mean, included all the reunions and all the extras and all oh, the wow. shorts and all the bumpers. And like he really did his homework. But um, I'll send you a picture of it. But I, I just I can't say his name. Understood. Don't want to get anybody <laughs> in trouble. Nope. that's not what the Advent House is about. No, nope. No snitching. No. Uh, (laughs) One of those early shorts was apparently called Christmas Eve, but that has apparently been lost to time. I really wish, you know, I really wish that I had a Blu-ray drive on my laptop, but I don't because I, I, I only use my laptop for subpar writing and I didn't think to get a Blu-ray drive, but I the the series that my friend put together, he actually had that on there. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, he had my each God. and every short. He sourced them from so many like homebrewed VHS. Like he spent years working on that thing. That is fantastic. No, I and you know what? So Pete and our uh, Mike and oh gosh, what's the other guy? What's Danny? Little Pete's? Danny. Danny. So they came to Buffalo uh, for their two man tour a couple years ago and my friend sent me a copy to get signed, but I couldn't make it because I I was having back issues that day. So I send it back. But what I didn't realize is I sent back my copy with, you know, the discs in it. So I don't have the set anymore. And it's driving me crazy because he said he doesn't have any more and, you know, he moved. So he lost my set. So I understand, but it's just like, Oh, all that material is gone. I can't have it. Oh man. I actually met Danny back in 2013. Did you? Is that Schiller? Uh, yep. Nice. Oh, um, we were gonna hang out together, but uh he had other stuff, so but it was cool meeting him. Um, fun fact um for all you video game players out there, which I didn't know before looking up, is uh he voices a character in Grand Theft Auto Five. Really? He's the son of one of the playable characters. He's the Jonah Hill type character. Oh, yeah, and Looking back now, I can to- so totally tell that that's his voice, <laughs> which is weird. Well, let's, uh, before we go any further, let's introduce the Wrigley family. Then we're talking about Danny Tamborelli as Little Pete. Make every day Christmas. Just because Christmas is over doesn't mean it has to feel like it's over. Uh, masterfully played by him, who went on to be a member of the original Mighty Ducks. Uh-huh. And voiced the bespectacled Arnold on the Magic School Bus for a few seasons. Oh. And then Big Pete is Michael C. Morona. The ornaments were yanked from the tree with despair, while Dad vacuumed pine needles from his rump. He was also in Home Alone, as we talk about, as Jeff McAllister. Easily recognizable in anything he's been in. I remember seeing him in that movie Slackers and 40 Days and 40 Nights, thinking, oh, hey, there's Pete. And and he was on Dell commercials, I think, in the 90s. Was he? And wrong. I, it was a computer. Co- I can't remember what 
commercial what what brand it was but i remember the first time i saw him in one of these commercials i was like oh crap that's big pete wow and i am looking it up right now and it looks like it was a meritrade he played Stewart. Oh. I found it. Stewart, can I see you in my office, please? That kid is sick. That hinge is squeaky. Very sick. Stewart, get in here. Sure thing, Mr. Pink. Stewart, I just opened my Ameritrade account. Let's light this candle. Let's go to Ameritrade.com. It's easier than falling in love. What do you feel like buying today, Mr. P? Kmart. So research it. All this stuff is provided for you free of charge. No cost. Yeah, that's synonymous with free. Looks like a good stock. Let's buy. Let's buy 100 shares. All right, click it in there. Okay. How about 500? 100, Stuart. You feel the excitement? You're about to buy a stock okay. online. Oh! Fabulous. I'm thrilled. <laughs> what did that cost me? $8, my Eight. man. Mike Broker charges me $200. You're riding straight. the wave of the future, my man. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Okay. Then we have mom, Joyce Wrigley, whose famous metal plate in her head is not featured in this episode, sadly. Uh, Mom's played by Judy Grafe. Right. It's um, Jingle All the Way. Doesn't have any acting credits on IMDb since an episode of Judging Amy in 2005. But she's on LinkedIn and has been working as a videographer and still photographer for FEMA. And it gets better. Before Pete and Pete, she played a newswoman in the movies Batteries Not Included, Basket Case 2, and Frankenhooker, and was an actual newswoman for WPIX Channel 11. Oh, shock. A New York's movie station. Fascinating career, Judy Grave. Very. I wonder if she's ever out working for FEMA and gets recognized as the Pete's mom. <laughs> Someone comes up to her and starts banging on her head. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> and finally, dad, Don Wrigley, the undisputed king of the road. <laughs> king Was of fraud. It? Yeah. <laughs> Not anymore. Yep. Oh, that's uh, right. He won that. He, yep. Yes, he did. Thanks to their nudity. <laughs> uh, let's be reasonable, huh? Uh, th- this is old and dried out. Shedding. I could say the same about you. Dad was played by Hardy Rawls, who went on to be the Maytag repairman from 2003 to 2007. Really? Yes. Hey, you're the Maytag repair guy. Now you were expecting maybe Romeo and Juliet? I remember that. Oh my God. You know what? It's kind of coming back. Kind of. I also remember him from um, they uh, when David Letterman did the David Letterman story on The Late Show that ended with him his death. Um, I remember Hardy played his Dave, little Dave's dad also. No, did he? Really? Perfect. Yeah. He looks like a perfect TV dad, let's oh, be honest. Oh, absolutely. He's, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, he also had small roles in the movies Daryl and See No Evil, Hear oh, No Evil, among gosh. others. Uh, Daryl. Wasn't that like he was the computer? Yes. Or he was a robot? Yep. Interesting. Uh, most recently, Hardy Rawls had a small role in a 2020 Hallmark movie called USS Christmas. <laughs> so then the, the Christmas legacy lives on with him. Yes, it does. One big complaint about this episode, no Ellen. I was thinking that also. Yep. I had a big crush on Ellen when I was a little kid. Oh, <laughs> oh, me too. And I saw pictures of her recently, still beautiful. Yeah. All right, Ellen. So, Oh Christmas, Pete begins with a simple premise. Having to put away all your Christmas stuff when it's over is a big bummer, and Pete the Younger convinces his family that the solution is simple. 
keep Christmas going. Who says it has to end? That's why we're recording this in May and you're listening to it in July. True. So we find the Wrigley family on the day after Christmas. And all through the house, the spirit had ended. It had all been doused. We have a rare instance of the majority of this Christmas episode taking place after Christmas. Which is unusual. It is, but yeah. uh, it's a play on the story Christmas every day, only instead of uh-huh. wishing that were the case, Little Pete convinces his family to make it so themselves uh-huh. with very convincing flip chart presentation. This was us yesterday on Christmas. This is us today. Um, Also, real quick, did you guys notice that the downstairs Christmas area in this episode looks just like the living room in the Christmas story? Kind of, yeah. No, I didn't pick up on that. I don't know if it was intentional, but that's what it looks looks like to me. It feels like it's um, like ripped right from the uh, Christmas story. Well, that might just been, if not that house, then maybe another house that they, because uh, they filmed this in North Jersey. Yeah. So, Did they really? Wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. They they filmed Pete and Pete in North Jersey? Oh, yeah. What? Yeah. I don't, I feel like I didn't, if I had known that, I, I, I really feel like this is the first time I'm hearing this. Wow. You, I remember seeing it in the, uh, in the credits at the end, because they would say thanks to, uh, the first two seasons were uh, in South Orange, and then this third season uh, was in Cranford. Cranford. Uh, but their high school was Bayonne High School. Oh, wow. Ah, okay. Yeah. Now, now, does Jay of Sludge Central and the Purple Stuff know about this? He's got to. I hope he does. <laughs> <laughs> I love one of the photos in this uh, flip chart presentation is just the family sitting on the couch in their jammies while they're actually sitting on the couch in their jammies looking at this photo. And the, and, and the dad in the, uh, in the, in the picture is, is blurry, by the way. I don't know if you picked up on that. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's never explained, and it's a quick gag, but I like how only Big Pete is looking at his brother in a way that reads, <laughs> when and how did you get that picture? <laughs> we live in 1996. You couldn't have gotten it that quickly. No. But Big Pete and Mom are instantly on board. Dad needs some convincing, uh, but he gets that with the promise of more fruitcake. Have either of you ever had fruitcake? Not one day in my life. Yeah. Uh, Have you? Okay, I have not. Go ahead, Tom. Okay, I will put it along the the ranks of chestnuts where you hear a lot about it and you bite into it and you're like, that's all. This is underwhelming. (laughs) Yeah, it's... But by 1996 and much earlier, the concept of fruitcake at Christmas has already been firmly bound for joke town. So, but they oh, this was a this was a I feel like fruitcake was a joke, but like way before any of us were born. I feel like especially in like 80s and early 90s sitcoms, like if you did a Christmas episode for any sitcom, you had to make a joke about um, fruitcake. Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. So so the Wrigley's have another Christmas, fruitcake and all. And over the following few days, they go caroling door to door. Well, we really only see the one door, but but more people show up every day. So the neighbors are starting to get on board with the idea of keeping Christmas alive. And why not? The Wrigley's even hired Santa to appear in their garage for photos. And little Pete and his pals held encore performances of the Wellsville Christmas pageant. We saw the star in the sky. Oh. It led us here. 
They tried to ditch me, and I caught up. And can we talk about this amazing wooden stable in their lawn? Oh, uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> I, 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 I've seen churches with, you know, uh, setups that aren't as elaborate as that. Oh, absolutely. Ours is pretty impressive, but but this is... It was kind of like the Home Alone one. Kind of, yeah. The, but this is more homemade, let's say. It's a series of wooden planks forming a large, a manger large enough for a live nativity play. Got yep. Christmas lights strung along its rooftop. It is magnificent. Oh, it's beautiful. But here's where we notice Dad seems to be getting tired of it all. Or is he? Oh. His attempt to take down Christmas ornaments off the tree are met with resistance by little Pete. Hands off the tree or I'll decorate. And after some hesitation, we learn the real problem. It's garbage day. (laughs) Red car. Good point. Tommy, didn't Tommy, didn't you make a a Silent Night, Deadly Night reference or part two in uh, Monster Mania this past weekend? I did. I think I just said red car. Then you said red car. Good point. <laughs> Good one, Doc. <laughs> By the way, I'm sorry to interject. Uh, Michael May and I did a great episode on um, the first Silent Night Deadly Night, and I want everyone to go listen to that because if you've never seen that movie, you really need to. Yes. And Mike and I have a great discussion. Oh yeah. He did it for his um, Christmas movie podcast for Slaybell Cinema, which yes. uh, he's keeping up the archives. I'm told this year he's going to loop it into after lunch. He, he, well, geez, he never sleeps. Someone get that man some, <laughs> some, please let that man sleep. <laughs> but, but, but in Wellsville, it's also garbage day, and dad doesn't want to get him mad. And him is introduced in pure Pete and Pete fashion. <laughs> it's garbage, man. They say when he was a little boy, he was thrown away like a Christmas toy. Garbage man. Oh. Introduced in a Western-style ballad sung by David Johansson. Killing machine. Garbage. Wait a minute. That's what the credits said. Yep. David Johansson was singing that. Yeah. They brought out the big gun. <sighs> Jeez, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm learning so much. He's involved in uh, two years straight of uh, holiday specials for Nickelodeon because he was in the Wienerville Hanukkah special exactly a year before this episode. Hmm. See, I had forgot. Have you done that? Episode? Well, I'm. Yes, I have. Yeah, that's right. You have done that before. <laughs> I keep forgetting about Wienerville. I got to be honest. Sometimes I remember it, and then sometimes I'm like, "Oh my gosh, that was You're a show." Yeah, and that was yeah. It's one of those things you don't remember until you think about it, and then it all comes flooding back. It's like Welcome Freshman, which I yes. believe Will McRobb and uh, Christopher Scardi actually worked on as well. I believe. I would not be surprised. No. Garbage Man himself is played by Joseph McKenna. What I've heard up and down this street is the snapping, crunching, grinding sound of Christmas being slowly and painfully crushed to death. So spare me the sap. Who earlier in 96 got killed in the long kiss goodnight by Gina Davis with her bare hands. Never saw that movie. <laughs> okay. He does have a very henchman look about him. He does. He does and you know? he's he he's a lot of his roles are like that. Uh Shutter Island, 12 Monkeys, The Postman. Interesting. But to me, he will always be garbage man. Yep. 
Oh, I love Garbage Man. Um, I forget. Did he? I didn't. Wasn't paying attention last night. But did he have a name, or was it just Garbage Man? Garbage Man. That's it. Yeah, it's Garbage Man. It's usually like it would be like Garbage Man. It's like truck garbage truck driver Mark Spitz or something like that. <laughs> well, yeah. Pete and Pete was always great at creating these memorable villains. You had names like Hathead, no, oh. and Open Face, uh-huh. and here's Garbage Man, Pitstain, Pitstain, Pitstain makes an appearance here, but I I like Pitstain on here. Yes, oh, but I think Garbage Man for me is easily in my top three Pete and Pete villains. Oh. Yeah, I, I'd say so. I I think he's a pretty good one. Yeah, I'd say Endless Mike. Yep. Hat head, not hat head. Um, open face, and um, maybe Pitstain are my top three. See, like Pitstain and Endless Mike were two recurring villains, so yeah, they're mm-hmm. going to be close to the top. And and Pitstain just has a great arc. Uh-huh. Yeah, I would go further to say those are quote unquote anti heroes, like the ones that are bad can be bad guys or team mm-hmm. up. Yeah. Okay, yeah, they're allies. Yeah, yeah. so. Are we considering the, the, the parents who uh, tried to run Artie out of town villains? Because I do. I still yes. haven't forgiven them for that. Yeah. <laughs> I hope they all fell into a bottomless pit. Oh, dear. And it just Led became Lord of the Flies where the kids ran the town, which was apparently New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> the town of New Jersey. The town. Thank you. That's how exhausted <laughs> I am. The town of New Jersey. <laughs> That is going to haunt me. People are going to hear that and be like, really, Jed? No one can go around saying you love New Jersey and this and now you call it the town of New Jersey. <laughs> and I grew up in that town, Chad. I know you did. <laughs> That's why we're friends, is because I love New Jersey, the town of New Jersey. Yep. That's my hometown. The whole town. Yeah. The whole town. Oh yeah. But perfect casting here of Joseph McKenna. He's got that very pale complexion, completely bald head, except for the rat tail. Bad teeth, slightly pointed features. Dude looks like Nosferatu. Yes, he, he does. does. <laughs> wow, that's horrible. And what? It, well, that's part <laughs> of the character. Uh, and one of the greatest joys in life is crushing discarded Christmas trees in his trash truck, in front of which is adorned with an old plastic Santa Claus with the head ripped off. <laughs> I love that. Either way, I got to point out. He kind of looks a little like Michael Stipe, so I wonder if he's supposed to be the cousin of um, <laughs> what was his name, Mister Mister Sludgesicle, Mister No yeah, Captain like Sludge or something like that, Captain Scrummy, Captain okay. Scrummy, yes, <laughs> Scrumsicle. <laughs> but when Garbage Man comes for the Wrigley's tree, Little Pete defiantly tells him they're not done with it yet. Dad tries to intervene, saying they're not done taking off the decorations, but Pete's having none of it. The tree stays. And then there's a line here that aged a bit better than I ever expected. Where's your Christmas spirit? I was vaccinated against it when I was just a little boy. I was vaccinated against it when I was just a little boy. Oh, boy. Say what you will about Garbage Man. At least he's not afraid of vaccines. Yeah. True. You know what? He, he, oh gosh, maybe he's the original vaxxer. <laughs> he, oh, what if he was the one that started this all? He's oh, been dude. looking out for us the entire, he takes out our garbage 
He wants to make sure that we don't get sick of Christmas. <laughs> he started this vaccination. Th- Maybe he's not a villain. <laughs> well, he's reformed by the end of this. Spoilers, kids. Gosh darn, Mike. That's all right. But for now, Garbage Man angrily drives off. And then we cut the dad asleep on the living room couch when Garbage Man walks into the living room. <laughs> on his own volition, by the way. Yeah, dad wakes up with a start and asks, how'd you get in here? And we never get the answer. No. But here we learn dad made a deal with Garbage Man to let him take the tree in the middle of the night while Pete's asleep. What neither of them counted on was Pete putting a motion sensor alarm in the tree. (laughs) Classic Pete. Classic little Pete. (laughs) Which I wonder might have been avoided had Garbage Man not first plugged back in the lights. Why do you do that? Um, mind games. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Uh-huh. Even though Pete was asleep, it might've been one thing if he was there and somehow helplessly forced to watch garbage man, take the tree lights and all. And he <laughs> turned them on to add to the torture. But for all yeah. he knows, he's asleep until the alarm goes off. Uh-oh. And now Pete's up and with the push of a button fires a tranquilizer dart from out of a nutcracker's mouth into the neck of garbage man. I need to rethink my home security. Yeah, like, what are you doing wrong? <laughs> but, uh, Mike, if you recall, that dart doesn't do anything, so... No, not the garbage <laughs> man. It just makes him high. Like, doesn't he start hallucinating? <laughs> yes, he does start hallucinating. First, Pete and garbage man struggle with the tree before Dad has a change of heart now, apologizes to his son about the deal he made, and tells garbage man the tree does stay. So... This is one of the finest examples where the dad just kind of kind of just gives in to Pete. Like, he, do- he doesn't really have much of a spine. Like, if you ever kind of notice, I feel like the mom is also kind of like that, too. But dad's not really an authoritative figure, if you ask me. He has his moments, and this is not one of them. I don't think anywhere in this episode is one of them, except when he finally... I think this is also a bit of a change of heart and realizes watching the two of them struggle over the tree he settles uh-huh. on his son and it, it's more of a i'm reminded of the scene in elf where uh michael comes ah. for his dad saying buddy's gone i don't know where he is and wow. then uh the dad's boss like talks down to the kid and he's like you don't talk to my kid like that this right. is what yeah okay fair enough i'll give you that so it's it's six of one a half a dozen of the other but sure but now we see the tranquilizer dart start to kick in a little as the camera gets sporadically blurry. And a now woozy garbage man stumbles out the door, hallucinating the whole Wrigley family, now laughing at him as a bunch of belly laughing Santas. It's just weird, even for this show. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's about on par with this show. But garbage man declares if he can't have the tree, then he won't pick up any other trash anymore. Mm-mm-mm. Garbage man has spoken. There's more Pete and Pete coming up after this. This is our mom, and this is her skull. When she was 12, she had an accident, and doctors had to put a metal plate in her head. She's okay and everything, but if you're ever at our house for dinner and you hear what sounds like Mexican radio, it is Mexican radio coming from the plate in my mother's head. Dance, Nickelodeon presents the adventures of Pete and Pete, starring Pete and Pete's brother Pete. Today's adventure, Mom's Plate. Other than Mexican radio, Mom's head sometimes picks up the police bands. There's a fire on Elm Street. 
Maybe we can help. And you get to go on rescues. Another great thing is, when Mom's sleeping and we want to leave her a note, we just stick it to her head with a refrigerator magnet. Also, if we don't know where she is, it's pretty easy to find her. What I like best, though, is when the reception is good. A little to the left. Perfect. Mom's played Pills and Cubs games from Chicago. And now, back to Pete and Pete on Nickelodeon. And as we return from a commercial break, the great Wrigley garbage strike is in full swing and full stink as the trash bags begin to pile up and the neighbors start to complain. And look, everyone, carolers and face masks. Oh. Uh, Pete and Pete predicted COVID. Pass it on. Yeah, no, this is, this is like, oh, man, you know what? People always say Simpsons predicted the future. I'm starting to think uh, (laughs) this one predicted the future. I mean, this one has as much future predicting, if you will, for lack of a better term that I can think of off the top of my head, as the Simpsons did. It's it's all just coincidence, but I, yeah, but but I appreciate it. Yeah, so do I, so Uh, do I. But now Pete starts to get some pushback from his brother, Pete the Elder. Lord Palmerston! But Pete the Younger has a plan to keep the Christmas spirit alive, starting with jamming the airwaves with a Yule log on every channel. I'm all for. That's my kind of hack on the planet. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Now, and, and I got to tell you, like, you're talking to someone, and I think Tommy's kind of the same way, as much as I love Halloween... And, you know, Mike, you know I love Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. Man, there is something about Christmas music on the radio that I wish. I And I know I'm in the minority. I wish I there was a station all year round that I could just, you know, like a radio station. I, I know, like, Pandora right. and all that. Mm-hmm. I know. But, like, I, yeah. So I wish Delilah was playing Christmas music all year round. <laughs> <laughs> I'd listen to that. Listen up, Delilah. Time. Are you listening, Delilah? <laughs> Please, please. Uh, Followed by a white Christmas indoors, thanks to pumping a snowmaking machine into the people's home air ducts. I kind of want to do that. Cleanup would be a pain, but I've dealt Uh, with worse. Yeah. I mean, we all lived through the 90s. I mean, it can't get much worse. (laughs) That's followed by a neighborhood Santa Mambo. Which is a dancing mambo line led by Santa himself as maybe six or seven snowflakes fall on the otherwise green lawns lined by full-leaved oak trees up and down Cranston Street. This wasn't filmed in winter. Excuse me, are you trying to suggest that uh, the producers lied to us? (laughs) Ring, ring, brother. (laughs) We're now well into January when Pete the Signal Hijacker becomes the Signal Hijacked. (laughs) That's right. We're getting some Max Hedrum uh, WGN stuff here. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> like, exactly what I thought of. Also, the the image of the um, garbage man's head appearing between those two <laughs> uh, candles is one really creepy, and two reminds me of the Wizard of Oz. Oh, yeah. Gosh, you know what? <laughs> oh, you're right. By the way, Mike. Yeah. Can I just do my impression of the Max Hedrum? Do it. Intrusion. Yes. Okay, so I have to give credit. This is my my, my friend Ryan uh, did this first. So we start off. It's they're watching Doctor Who, and everyone's like, "Oh, hello, I'm I'm Doctor. Hello, hello, I'm Doctor Who." And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, ah! 
<laughs> That's it. That's my impression. I'm Good sorry. impression. It's not even my impression. <laughs> okay, I'm done. <laughs> Thank you. I'll never be invited on after lunch ever again because of this. <laughs> Garbage man douses the Yule log and informs everyone watching. Until that tree is mine, no one gets their trash collected. And that starts to make the neighbors irritable, and some even try to sneak some of their trash bags on the neighbors' growing curbside piles. Even Big Pete in full mask asks himself, When is this gonna stop? But at this point, wouldn't you guys just kind of take it to a dump? And wouldn't this guy get fired for refusing to pick up trash? Or would he just get a a new route? They asked that in the special, so I don't know. Uh, Wellsville's got their own town rules going on. Well, yeah, Yeah. that's very obvious. (laughs) Uh, But Pete is answered by a crowd of neighbors led by Pitstain. On behalf of the good citizens of Cranston Street, hand over that tree. Yeah. 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 Well, we're coming in to get it. Played by Eric Kushnick, known for this, and in the Nick at Night sitcom, Hi Honey, I'm Home, he was the neighbor kid skunk. You know, look, I I, I applaud anybody for, um, I applaud anyone for getting roles, and I know that typecasting isn't always welcomed by actors, some actors love it. Um, I imagine this isn't the kind of typecasting you would want when you're like 12, 11, 14, whatever he was, where you're just kind of the stinky kid or the butt of these smelly jokes. Probably <laughs> not, but I mean, he was a heck of a pit stain. Oh, yeah. Legendary. The look on his face when he first sees that uh, Yule Log channel makes me so happy. I don't know why. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he seems um, really into it. Looks like Eric Kushner stopped acting in 2002. So wherever you are, you were a heck of a pit stain. You were, and we're, and you know what? I'd like to imagine that he doesn't smell. Oh, no, not at all. Nope. (laughs) But Pete's not giving up without a fight, literally. And what follows is my personal highlight of this episode. Let's get ready to rumble! Pete has constructed a boxing ring on his front lawn. Complete with a hanging microphone from I don't even know where. A tree, maybe. I think it's a tree branch, yeah. Yeah. For an open challenge to face Santa Claus in the ring. I love everything about this. Did you notice that the uh, the ropes were uh, uh, um, tinsel? Yes, I did. Yes. The ring posts were those giant plastic candles. Yes. Oh, gosh. Can I tell you? I have seen so many independent wrestling shows <laughs> do like Christmas themed shows. I've never, ever seen, and I, I know it's a boxing ring, but I've never seen anyone attempt something like this. I think this would be just a, such a visual for wrestling and even WWE. You know what? Maybe even AEW. I don't care. Do it. I'm surprised they didn't do that for any of their overseas shows that they used to do, like Christmas yeah. in Baghdad. Yeah, exactly. Right there. Um, when pit stain stands up and cheers, you can notice the uh, quite visible stains under his pits, giving him that name. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's not just a clever name. No. Also, on behind the candles, it looks like they have those uh, lollipops that like you'd put in the ground. like If you want to make your yard look like Candyland, 
Oh, possibly. Yeah. yeah. I didn't notice that. Makes sense. Yeah, I didn't pick up on that either. Fair That's nice. how they were keeping the uh, ring secure. But the mat oh. on this ring has a logo that says Wellsville Santa Challenge. <laughs> how long has Pete been planning this? Because... <laughs> not getting that printed on you know it's 96 it's not 2021 where you can just you know print it and make it happen right like how long has he been like he's been planning all of this yeah he has been wanting and maybe he maybe it's like Saul where he knows how people are going to react <laughs> so he, he sets up a wrestling ring he just has one or a boxing ring I'm sorry um Pete's always got a plan he does I love it. Chairs are lined up on all four sides of the ring, and it's a sold-out crowd. Wherever the mic is hanging from, Little Pete gets on it, challenging anyone to take on Santa and thus the Christmas spirit. This is the same Santa that was taking photos in their garage a few nights earlier, just now with boxing Mm -hmm. gloves. Uh, And most of the neighbors are booing him, including this one exceptionally loud woman. You're going down, Batman! What the hell? They're they're supposed to be in support of Santa. Uh, well, apparently they're sick of it because they want their trash collected. But but then again, like they all have cars. Take it to the the dump. <laughs> like if, if if someone's not gonna do it, you gotta come. I literally get your hands dirty. Take it to the the the, the dump. <laughs> do it. First world problems. Exactly. These are the whitest people I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> And by the way, no non-white people in this in this town, I've noticed. Or at least not in this episode. Wait, ringside, I just saw one. I got the episode on also. As soon as Wait, you, you said saw that. one what? Non-white. One non-white. Oh, okay, wow. We got one. Okay. We found one. Okay. We got one. There's one in town okay. of Wellsville. Then I was mistaken. I apologize. Um, that lady, the large loud lady. I'm wondering if she's the one from How I Spent My Summer Vacation that would feed her bird feeder and her arm would, her wing would be jiggling over the fat. <laughs> Very possibly. She was in another episode, um, or it might have been a short, but something about uh, it was the one about uh, where Little Pete tries to crash Adult Swim time at the public pool. Yes. Which, yeah. by the way, is oh, that is one of my favorite episodes. I That's love that is i that's not the no wait it's not the one that's was not that the urinator. Urinator? no no I it's th- different. no i think I it's the urinator the one yes yeah it's so that was one. that that's probably legit my favorite episode because it just <laughs> it reminds me of summer and i was always watching nickelodeon in the summer because oh yeah you know what else is on right but that that just remind that I love that episode. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's fine. Wasn't he like kicked out for eating in the pool? He was, and then Adult Swim, he tried to disguise himself as this same woman. That's who, right. Who kind of double takes at the sight of herself. But but this delightful actress is Marilyn Dobrin or Dobrin. Okay. Uh, she's also had one-off roles in Meet the Parents, Sex in the City, Entourage, and of course, a couple of episodes of Law and Order lovely woman but yes she's great here uh, pete calls out pitstain to take on santa but pitstain wisely declines saying i can't have her santa hi santa thanks for the choo-choo and it's adorable 
it, it, it's it's heartwarming. It is. Pitstain isn't a bad guy. The only reason he's called Pitstain is because Little Pete decided to make fun of him, and then yeah. everyone else joined in. So he's got a character arc through this whole show. I was the smelly kid because for some reason I didn't really take to showering as much as I could have as a kid. Um, So I, I, I get it. Like once you're made fun of being the smelly one and you just, I mean, Tommy can attest. I sweat like a maniac. Now should have seen me when Mm -hmm. I was 13. Um, I get it. Like you're kind of, you're kind of stuck with that label for life, no matter where you go, what school you go to, I can attest to this. So, oh man, I feel like he's a sympathetic character, but that's only oh, yeah. because, you know, I, I, I was, I was him. I was, I was him and um, Pigpen from Peanuts. Wow, you were mm-hmm. pitched on. No, maybe I'm the inspiration. Oh, maybe I should have auditioned for that. Who knows? Maybe. Mm-hmm. Well, it seems no one wants to fight Santa, and Pete's plan appears to have worked as he declares, "This Christmas spirit lives." But wait until Garbage Man steps into the ring. Yes. Makes short yes. work of Santa as he shouts, It's time to deck the hall. Mm-hmm. And I love the use of the clearly cartoony bonk sounds as he as the punches land. Like it's supposed to sound fake. All that's missing is like the Batman. Like <laughs> inner, what are they called? Inner yeah, Biff Pam yeah. Pal. Um I got I got to tell you though I it, I think tra- uh, Garbage Man had a advantage that Santa did. Santa was out there fighting. He said he had a couple, you know, he had a couple swings here and there. So Garbage Man is pretty fresh. Oh, know, yeah. And he's probably younger. I, I don't know that he's in better shape, but you know, I I think he's got an unfair advantage. <laughs> I mean, Santa's known to be have been around for a bit. Sure. Also, you guys know if um if there was like some sort of like reaction cloud like on Batman, it would be orange with white lettering. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like the Nickelodeon splat. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Oh, that would have been perfect. Just the <laughs> splat. Oh, that would have been perfect. But that's enough to make the crowd turn on Santa again. And here's where Big Pete points out to his brother. Look around. The Christmas spirit is gone, and Little Pete finally throws in the towel, leaving him no choice but to give up the tree for a specially scheduled pickup that night. And we see him dragging it out to his curb that night as his driveway is lined with onlookers like a pallbearer in his tree's funeral procession. Kind of feels like a funeral, sure. It does. One last defiant comment to Garbage Man, I hope you're happy. Which Garbage Man replies, You think I like crushing the dreams of little kids? I don't like it. I love it. I love it. Yes. Yes. He's a pretty good villain. Oh, yeah. I, I, I am surprised that this... I, you said that he I he appeared in like 12 Monkeys and some mm-hmm. other stuff. Yeah. I'm kind of shocked that we haven't seen him do other things because he's pretty good in this. He, Yeah, he really is. He's fantastic in this by itself. But. Yeah. And the tree's about to get crushed, but Big Pete finally shouts, wait, and calls for his parents and their pal Santa, apparently, to fire it up. And Dad plugs in the lights to reveal... 
Big Pete decorated the giant 12-foot pile of garbage bags on his curb like a Christmas tree. Did he ever. In fact, mm-hmm. all of the giant garbage piles up and down Cranston Street are lit up like Christmas trees. This is such a great reveal. It is. It's 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 such a swerve as the uh, professional wrestling um, <laughs> universe likes to refer to it as. And we've seen these piles get taller and taller throughout the whole episode with some white bags randomly mixed in with the black bags. But when they hit the lights, the white bags are kind of contorted and in the piles just at the right angles to look like angel ornaments hanging on the would-be garbage trees. (laughs) It's all just so meticulously laid out by the show's crew, and I really, really appreciate it. Absolutely terrific. One thing, uh, if I may add, is that the guy who plays Santa in this episode, I know it's not him, but it looks like it could be Robert Picardo wearing a uh, fake Santa. (laughs) I mean, I don't have a definitive name for who's behind the Santa costume, so it could be. I don't Mm -hmm. know. But of course, everyone's attention is now on the stunning trash bag tree and not on Garbage Man, who turns off his trash compactor and tries to talk some sense into the crowd. But the sight of these decorated piles of stinky garbage are enough to make the neighbors, especially the loud, you're going down fat man lady, to tell him you can leave it there all year for all I care. They probably will. <laughs> May well get out of there before the sun hits Diaper Mountain. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> but for now, perfectly framed by Christmas lights, a defeated garbage man says he feels all weird and woozy-like. And I guess he didn't get both shots of the Christmas spirit vaccine because he's got a soft, tingly feeling in his heart. Oh, man. Oh. How long does this last? I don't know, garbage man. Maybe forever. (laughs) Little Pete puts his arm around his old nemesis garbage man as they walk off down the street, lined with decorated piles of garbage. And Big Pete narrates that, of course, no holiday can really last forever. So I guess they did eventually come to an agreement and collect all of that old garbage. But there was a little more peace on Earth and lots of goodwill to go around. And we're out as a bunch of clearly dumped from a bucket just above the camera frame fake snow falls on everyone. Oh, now that's the way you end an episode. Absolutely. Y'all, this show was so good. Mm-hmm. I Thank agree. You guys. I miss talking yeah, to you. I miss, I miss talking, talking to you, too. Any final thoughts on Pete and Pete? When I like I and I think I I may have mentioned this before, but when I think of Nickelodeon, this this show is just in my top five, if probably not my top three. Mm-hmm. Now that I'm starting to think about it a little bit more, but it's just it it's it it it's such a relic from or I don't want to say relic, but it's such a good reminder of what Nickelodeon used to be. You know, I mean, I know that we're not kids anymore and Nickelodeon isn't meant for us, but for like our generation, like this weird, just creative, you know, uh, just. Uh, it, it's just such. It, uh, how do I put it? It, it I, defined a moment in time for us. Yes. Yes, it did. 
you know, and and I mean, Pete, you know, little Pete kind of represented, you know, all of all of us when we were little and older, you know, because he was so he saw the world so big and, you know, he he he, he never really gave up on, you know, making his childhood, you know, count. And then, you know, you see Big Pete and he's kind of cynical and it, it kind of represents, you know, uh, it, it, I, I, they just they represent, you know, growing up so well. And this whole show is just to me, I don't think I've ever I, I, I mean, I can't think of one episode that I didn't really like, you know, the more like as I'm thinking about it now, I really can't. And no, uh, I know. Can. Yeah, no. And. I know I'm rambling, but I, I, I just there. This show is just so perfect, and I love everything about it. All its weirdness, I wouldn't change a thing. Um, you know, I, I, I'm kind of okay that we never got like an official reunion movie show, whatever. Like, yeah, I, I think it was perfect on its own, and I think it ended at the right time because, like you said, we got to see the kids kind of grow up and. Mm-hmm. You know, we grew up with them essentially, but I I think it's a perfect series, and if you ask me. Yeah, um, following up on that, like I said before, this is along with you can't do that on television and Double Dare. This is one of the shows that made Nickelodeon what it is. Because if you look at their live action fare now, like if you watch Nickelodeon nowadays, it's all either SpongeBob or one of those cookie cutter Dan Schneider live action canned laughter sitcoms, which are so uh, not fun. Can't say Dan Schneider anymore. Can't say Dan oh, Schneider oh. anymore. <laughs> um, hand blinder, Rob Schneider, um, sitcoms. <laughs> That's better. <laughs> I covered myself up pretty well with that. Yeah, but, you um, did a great job. <laughs> Mike, can you just bleep it whenever someone says uh, that that name? <laughs> that might have been the first time. <laughs> but um, like those shows are all like, it's like the kids acting loud, bad acting. It's like these shows like had like, like Pete and Pete had like good stories mm-hmm. and things like that. And nowadays it's just like, so not funny. And I, um, we have, was watching on Paramount plus if you, or Paramount, the Paramount. Yeah. Paramount plus. They have, are you afraid of the dark on there? And mm-hmm. the acting there is pretty okay. Also, except mm-hmm. for that one episode where the, uh, with the large doll in the basement with the music oh. and everything, <laughs> <laughs> the bully. And that is uh pretty bad. Yeah. But, um, it, it's like they they don't make it like this anymore. No. And I I get a lot of like unpopular reactions whenever I say SpongeBob pretty much ruined the channel because SpongeBob has been the icon of the channel for over half its lifetime. And they'll play it like five, six, seven hours a day and they have nothing else. Well, that's how Nickelodeon started. So we're full circle. Yeah. And can I just say, like, I A, I love SpongeBob and I think I, I think it's great, but um, you know what Nickelodeon was really good at back then, and it's kind of also the ECW kind of mentality. For those who don't know, ECW was a small, independent, trashy wrestling group that took pretty much wrestlers that were not very, how do we say, uh, they wouldn't have succeeded in WWF or WCW because they were so, like, they were kind of the castaways, but, and essentially what I'm saying is Nickelodeon could hide the negatives and accentuate the positives. Like you didn't Mm -hmm. notice as a kid that these, 
you know, these kids aren't Sir Lawrence Olivier. They're 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 kids. So yeah, they're not gonna be the greatest actors in the world, but if charisma, they have enough, you know, enthusiasm in them that you you don't even notice that. You kind of just you get you got sucked in. And you know, the fact that we were seeing kids our age on TV, which the only other way you could do that is probably on like TGIF or, you know, um like well, Cartoon Network. Well, Cartoon Network never really no, had much. It wasn't, it wasn't yeah. around yet. Yeah. So, like Nickelodeon, I, I I see where Tommy's coming from. It's like way too polished. But we're also adults, and things you know change, you know, for generations. So sometimes you know we kind of have to accept that. Like even by the '80s, who cared about variety shows? You know, right. and I'm sure you know adults. You know, who were growing up in the '70s were saying that about the shows about the '80s or in the '80s. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Nickelodeon used to be, you know, a little bit more. Uh, I don't want to say raw, but they used to be a little bit more. Um, just how do I? What's the right word? I I think that they were a little bit. For, for more, some reason, the the word I'm thinking of is alternative. Yes. Yes. For, for lack of a better term, but that's how that word came about when it Yeah. Uh, when we're talking about that style, but it, yeah. it, this show absolutely defined a moment in time for Nickelodeon and for us who grew up around the same time who were in that sort of same age bracket uh bookended by the two peeps. Mhm. Absolutely. So, yeah. This is a classic. I love this show. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I hope it, it's not. I, I canceled Paramount Plus. Is this on Paramount Plus right now? No, no. not yet. I'm hoping <sighs> it's going to get on there soon. I will. I, I, I'm just saying this right now. I love Hey Dude. Uh, I love all the Nicktoons, but I, I will reinstate my Paramount Plus subscription when they add the entire Pete and Pete series. Absolutely. That is, that's the only way I'll do it. That's going to do. F- uh, for Paramount Plus, what adding the Muppet Show did to Disney Plus? I complete. You know what? <laughs> you know what? I'm not going to go down a route where I compare the the Muppet Show no, and no, TV. no, no, no. But if you think about it, they're kind of similar in their own ways too. Yeah, they have they have the same sort of humor. Absolutely. Yeah, I'll leave that for you and Carlin to discuss. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you both again so much. Of course. And if people want to step into the ring and go around with your Christmas spirit, where can they find you on the internet, Tom? Um, well, they can't find my Christmas spirit because I got vaxxed from it at an early age. <laughs> but uh, if they just want to find me, I'm on Twitter. My handle is Classic Tomedy. That is classic with a C and Tomedy with a T. And Chad. Uh, you can find me Twitter, Instagram, uh, at Horror Movie Barbecue. Uh, HorrorMovieBarbecue.com is my my blog and there's a facebook page out there as well that i try to update as well and i also every once in a while we'll do a uh, fun little tgif themed or just you know fun discussion podcast with tommy and uh our our dear loving friend derek um which we, uh we will i i can almost guarantee we're gonna have at least one in the next few weeks i guess by the time this drops i i i, I, I hope, hope so can't wait fingers crossed yes and i'm on twitter at fall west mike and advent cal house you can find complete show notes 
at adventcalendar.house. Our 12 days of summer vacation continue in a couple of days. Until then, for Chad Young and Tom Coombs, from Garbage Day, this is Mike Westfall saying, watch out for the icy patch. Garbage Man has spoken. And now, these messages. Hello, this is Todd Killiam from the Christmas Collider Podcast. What makes Christmas special to you? Is it the movies or the music, the food or family, the gifts or decorations? Maybe those quiet moments of reflection. Whatever it is, join me for Christmas Clatter, a monthly podcast dedicated to everything that makes Christmas special. Visit christmasclatter.com for all social media links and find Christmas Clatter Podcast on all podcast apps. Thank you, and remember, keep Christmas hope alive every day. Next time on the Advent Calendar House. So stick with us, cause Vinny is a forever gonna spread some Christmas cheer.